Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by, remember me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoop Heads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have a ton of basketball to cover. Uh, it's good to be back, everyone. I had a bit of an absence, longer uh, than intended, uh, to say the least, but Seemingly so much has happened, uh, not only with the Bucks, but everything within my own little universe and I'm sure everyone else's. Uh, I don't know if other people seem feel the same, but November always feels like such a crazy month to me. Going back to when I was in college, I know this was a real hot exam time. Every year I go uh, deer hunting to somewhat loop it back within the show, but, uh, that's where I was this past weekend. And I also took vacation to visit my brother, uh, Dan, my brother from another mother that is, uh, got to see his own little, uh, slice of heaven in Truckee, California, just outside of, uh, Lake Tahoe and Reno. Uh, it was good to see him, and I did so many things on my own that I know I never would have gotten myself uh, to do otherwise. Uh, that's the good part about having cool friends and in cool places is that they, you know, they get you to try things and get you out of your shell. I think everyone needs that a bit, but I'm looking forward to getting back t- back into it. Getting to watch more Bucks basketball uh, like I'm used to, but maybe we can go over some of my escapades later on and uh, get back into some of the basketball that feels like forever ago. Uh, I'm going to quickly audible already from my show notes and go in reverse chronological order, considering we have like two weeks of basketball to cover when I... uh, First, uh, let me rephrase that. When I last recorded, uh, the Bucks were three and three only, and I had yet to cover the game against the Jazz, which had made us three and four. And now, as a recording on November twenty-first, the Bucks are now back to above five hundred at uh, nine and eight after. Three wins in a row, including uh, two uh, in a back-to-back against the Oklahoma City Thunder and Orlando Magic. As expected, despite the back-to-back, those are teams that we need to take care of, especially if we want to gain a bit of our pride back. We understand there have been some injuries, but uh, I encourage someone out there listening to do the research that I didn't have time to do um, and see when the last time was that the Bucks had a losing record. I definitely don't remember it. It maybe isn't all that crazy if you consider the uh, small sample size so far. Maybe it was similar going back, but anyways, from when I first left for California, the Bucks entered a season-long five-game uh, road trip uh, from November 7th through November 14th, and then are now in the midst of a season-long uh, home stretch uh, from the 17th to the 24th. So that certainly has something to do with us reclaiming our success a bit. And the strength of schedule, of course. Uh, But the latest game was against the Orlando Magic. My roommate Dom was actually at that one. And 
I thought this was super random, but um, maybe it was one of those first 10,000 fan deals, but my roommate and others were able to get a tiny slice of the NBA championship court with, um, for reasons that I won't unveil because I obviously wasn't at the game, uh, I now have in my possession a tiny slice of the championship court. So shout out to my roommate Dom for that one. Uh, Giannis ended the game with 32 points and 20 rebounds in just 30 minutes against the Magic. And uh, Bobby also ended with 24 points and 15 rebounds. That was the first time since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Curtis Perry, a name that I'm guessing very few listening know uh, because I don't even know that name, but that's how you know it's meaningful. In 1974 was the last time a pairing has posted 20 points and 15 rebounds in the same in the same game. The game before as well uh, at five serve, the Bucks faced the Thunder, where Giannis had another. Similar uh, stat line with 21 points and 19 rebounds, uh, one shy of the night to follow. Uh, he also had a crazy uh, Aiton-esque swat from the finals when uh, Giannis swatted a lob uh, from Josh Giddy to Darius Baisley. He had four total blocks on the game. Um which maybe isn't as eye-popping for a guy like Giannis, but still that would be leading the league to be sure. So nothing to shrug your shoulders at, but the Thunder are a very small team in addition to them being one of, if not the youngest, and essentially trying to lose wins. Uh, if not egregiously now, they definitely will be, and winning is not as high on their priority lists as it might be for the Bucks. Um, but still, some of the blocks that Giannis had, just myself looking very briefly at the highlights in this one that I missed, it kind of looked um, Pretty familiar, uh, particularly compared to uh, when I might play basketball against my three-year-old nephew, and that might follow with him shedding some tears as well. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that mean of an uncle yet. The kid's a kid's a little too young for that, but that's definitely in the cards for uh, Fisher and Elsie in the future. I'd also be remiss if I did not mention that Chris Middleton uh, has since passed Ray Allen as the Bucks' all-time leader in uh, threes made. Uh, it was one of the first, if not the first, play against the Thunder. Uh, at least that's the way it looked when uh, when I was going back at the highlights, like I had mentioned before. Now. Due to deer hunting and one of the many days that I've been away from home, it feels quite weird. Uh, not a lot of notes from this one, and also the outcome was faded complete to say the least. Uh, but the game that I was most looking forward to this week was when the Bucks faced the Lakers on Wednesday night. No LeBron. LeBron returned on Friday when the Lakers had played the Celtics, uh, which the Lakers eventually lost, and they eventually lost against the Bucks as well as Giannis dropped a season-high 47 points uh, against Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Listeners will know that I allude to uh, 
something I coined small market syndrome or AKA a bit of an inferiority complex sometimes with Bucks fans, but you know, I kind of felt like I was in the same boat a bit as I turned on a friend's Hulu with live sports and I actually got to watch the national TV broadcast as opposed to an illegal stream and NBA countdown and the post game, it was almost all uh, LA Lakers. There was almost more talk about the uh, Nets Warriors game from the day prior. And to be, well, yeah, to be fair, the broadcasters weren't necessarily kissing the ass of the Lakers only. They were they were sharing a lot of criticism criticism for Anthony Davis um, since he hasn't been able to solely fill the void of LeBron James and the Lakers are still concerning their fans, but national media suggested that Anthony Davis should be as good as Giannis. Um, and they also said that they and everyone else should hold Anthony Davis accountable for not uh, living up to expectations as and being as good as Giannis. But that's why Anthony Davis is not at the same level of Giannis because no one has ever, and I bet will ever, have to uh, hold Giannis accountable. He already does that and more for himself. And that's why he dropped 47 points on Anthony Davis's head and people might not realize that because probably the clip passed around the most was when uh was when Anthony Davis had a breakaway dunk and he slammed it on Giannis who was just inches away from uh stuffing it from Anthony Davis but you know if if we're being real if if uh you know, if you flipped who was dunking and who was who was on defense that possession, I would guess that Anthony Davis would be much more likely to be standing around half court as opposed to being there to contest a shot that that yeah, maybe had no business being contested. But maybe I should also have more faith in fans at this point, uh, acknowledging that. Just because someone gets dunked on doesn't mean they they made a bad play or should be made fun of because we don't get highlight blocks like the four that Giannis had against the Thunder if uh, Giannis doesn't have the stones to go up and risk being dunked on. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, the Bucks starters against the Lakers were Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, and Bobby. Uh, against the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Carmelo Anthony, and Anthony Davis. Of note is that early on we heard a lot of buzz about Carmelo Anthony being a uh, sixth man of the year candidate, which now I don't have his numbers in front of me, but from what I remember, they didn't seem to be the most insane scoring numbers off the bench um, in the league. But perhaps Melo could be getting a bit of a notoriety bump being on the Lakers and being Carmelo Anthony, but, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to totally throw water on the fire here because... Carmelo's really, uh, really, if you look at just the past few years, uh, Carmelo's career has been quite a roller coaster. Of course, his previous, before his previous stop with the Portland Trail Blazers, I'd say um, it was a 50 50 shot if you had asked uh, fans whether or not Carmelo Anthony belonged in the league. And now uh, he's added to his totals, making him one of one of the top scorers of all time. Um, but, 
yeah, so maybe Mello will win sixth man of the year, but I wouldn't put my money on it. And um, more importantly, good on him for being in the competition for such an award when people didn't think he belonged in the league not too long ago. To start out this contest, the Bucks missed their first four field goal attempts uh, just before Giannis scored the Bucks' first eight points. Uh, getting off to a hot start to help his eventual season high. The Bucks also went on a 13-2 run from the 5-3 to the three minute mark in the first quarter uh, before Rondo would hit a wide-open three to take the Lakers' lead back going into the second quarter, 30-32. to 32. And then in the second quarter, Pat would uh, be fouled beyond the three-point line by Anthony Davis. Um, I know I've probably already slandered Anthony Davis and not uh slandered anthony davis enough however maybe this isn't even slander an observation is that anthony davis talks a lot to the refs and you know i might be wrong there maybe others like luca trey usual suspects whatever talk more than anthony davis but anthony davis might be the scariest dude in the league when talking uh, to the referees. He he really has a, a fire underneath him that um, would suggest that he could be at the level of Giannis if he had the capabilities to, but uh, I've just never seen a man so threatening and pissed off when dealing with the refs than uh, Anthony Davis. I remember a clip of him back in back with the Pelicans when he had to be held back uh, by the refs, which probably resulted in being thrown out of the game. And I think that happened to Anthony Davis at another point this uh, week when he got tossed real quick by the referees from by just chatting with them. So, But more importantly, to close out the first half, Bobby, Porsche, Bobby Portis's uh, energy was infectious when he grabbed two or three offensive rebounds in a row. Uh, I believe it was two offensive rebounds after stealing the ball on an inbound when two Lakers, uh, after a score, just had a total brain fart and handed it over to Bobby. And after after a couple bucks misses, Bobby continued to take matters into his own hands and uh, convert on the flip shot and the Bucks in due time had a 64 to 53 lead at half with Giannis already at 28 points, five rebounds and two assists to Russell Westbrook's 14 points, three rebounds and six assists. Uh, another crazy clip that was thrown around was, uh, was Russell Westbrook trying to, trying to add a little magic to the ball and uh, and get, get the bounce back into it after he lost his dribble a bit, but it didn't quite work. It uh, looked looked a bit more like something you would see in my, in my men's basketball rec league, but in the end, not a big deal. Just shows that Russell Westbrook is actually human, but I almost feel for Russ a bit since uh, he is one of, if not the most polarizing uh, player uh, in the league and I'm sure being in Los Angeles, certainly his biggest market to date, uh, does not bode well when he's, uh, trying to get acclimated to a team without their best player. Uh, but back to Giannis, he had the same amount of points in the paint as, uh, after a dunk to start the third quarter, um, that was already, I believe it was 22 points in the paint, 22 of his first 30 points coming in the paint, that is. And this is against a Lakers team that is usually uh, pretty big, but I noticed that there were times where Talon Horton Tucker was nominally their uh, four-man in some lineups with Anthony Davis, which would... uh, Definitely contradict their the idea that that the Lakers play big a lot of the times uh, to a fault, perhaps. But 
Also, the Lakers are without uh, LeBron James and Trevor Reza, someone who's brought up a ton as someone who will aid the Lakers once they get healthy. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is another name that was brought up as as just another scorer, ball handler um, that will be able to help the Lakers when he comes back. But... Yeah, so the Lakers did go on a 13-3 run from the 6-1 to the minute mark, and they took their lead back late in the third quarter, but then Chris Middleton sunk a couple uh, mid-rangers to stop the bleeding, bleeding, and the third ended with his 85-83 lead still belonging to the Bucks, and Giannis had 35 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. And Talon Horton Tucker would now be leading the charge for the Lakers with 21 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Talon Horton Tucker, I believe some would not consider him to be, um, some wouldn't consider shooting to be his best trait. But he and Rondo at times, uh, ironically enough, looked like they were shooting in a in a low stakes uh, pickup game again looting to the adult league that I'm in just nonchalant deep sidestep threes uh, early in the shot clock but you know sometimes uh especially NBA players uh have it working for them even if it isn't the highest percentage look uh, Entering the first, the fourth quarter, I thought both teams had a sluggish start without uh, Anthony Davis and Giannis on the court. Pat Connaughton would drain a corner three, which was his fourth make of the game uh, at that point in the fourth, giving the Bucks a bit um, more of a cushion that that they would hold on to. I'm looking at the time here because I am remembering how much basketball we have to cover. But on that note, that cushion granted by Pat Condon from the corner for his fourth three, uh, that point in the fourth, the Bucks kept their comfortable lead of seven points uh, in the end with 109 to 102. Bucks final, Giannis with. Again, his season-high 47 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Taylor Horton Tucker into the night with 25 points, 12 rebounds, which is uh, nuts for a guy who's like 6'5", but he also has like a 7-foot wingspan, it looks like. I mean, he looks... I know people have joked about uh, his wingspan making him look like uh, the Wilt character from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. If I'm getting that name correctly, but I mean that as a compliment, since long wingspans do help you if you're an NBA player. Newsflash, but anyways, so I'll now carry on to a more somber note, not to be dramatic, but before this uh, current Bucks three-game win streak against the Lakers, Thunder, and Magic, the Bucks got 20-balled by the Atlanta Hawks on the last night of their season-long five-game road trip in Atlanta, and Trey just had it going on all cylinders with fire in his eyes in the Eastern Conference Finals rematch, and you know, it looked a lot like some of those uh, first couple games in the Eastern Conference Finals with uh, Trey hunting mismatches and uh, just having his way with Bobby Portis uh, and hitting some insane threes off the dribble. The Bucks stars in this one were Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis, and... The Hawks had Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Huerta, John Collins, and Clint Capella. I'm still saying Kevin Herter's name, like Lee Ellis on no dunks, uh, but 
I will accept that. I should also mention that DeAndre Hunter is was uh, not available for this match. I can't say in confidence what his uh, prognosis is, but he has missed a considerable considerable amount of time going back to last season, and it's unfortunate because I know going back to early last season, he was really. Um, he was really gangbusters coming out of the gate. So you always feel bad for young guys when they have uh, when they have setbacks like that and still have a lot to accomplish once they can get back on the court. But for that evening, the Hawks did not need him as Trey started out four or four on his three point attempts in just the first five minutes. Uh, Grayson was checking Trey Young from the start. Of course, uh, Trey uh, was able to find himself matched up against Bobby for many stretches of this game uh, out of a pick and roll. But the broadcast did point out that Grayson and Trey did have a bit of ugly history together. I believe going back to their first, well, yeah, their first summer league matchup. Um, I know many Bucks fans have heard about uh, Grayson Allen's reputation potentially as a dirty player, and it's interesting to me because I feel like I hear both sides of the spectrum with, you know, sort of the the antithesis of myself, people who were immediately projecting Grayson as as the Bucks starter, even if Dante were here, but then I also hear from a lot of friends about really their dismay with having a guy like Grayson who uh, has been known as a dirty player in the past. But, hey, I believe we all can grow from, you know, from our time shortly removed from our college years. And, uh, you know, it also helps when Grayson's been able to step in as our second option at times in this uh, stretch of poor health for the Bucks. Giannis also got two early fouls in the first six minutes of this game, which could have been three, but one of those fouls was changed to uh, Bobby Portis. It was still a 24-32 Hawks lead after the first quarter. Giannis with six points, but Trey had 15 points, three rebounds, and three assists, which uh, was accompanied by Trey tying his career-high five made threes in the first quarter uh, of his career. Clint Capella would dunk on both uh, Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton in short order, but um, that is definitely a favorable matchup for Capella uh, when he's under the rim. Uh, the Bucks small ball lineups did not did not help the Bucks. <laughs> Uh, I'll just go with that against the Hawks, who are bigger, can play... Well, yeah, they start John Collins, who is a true big, but he's also much more skilled than your typical power forward. So, not helpful when the Bucks don't have uh, Chris Middleton or uh, Brooke Lopez. Uh, however, the Hawks were also just playing uh, harder than the Bucks, seemingly getting to every loose ball, uh, which speaks to their uh, comfortable lead uh, at halftime, 44-58 to 58 Hawks. Giannis had 14 points and two rebounds at half, but Trey had an incredible 27.6 rebounds and four assists just at half, looking like a end-of-game stat line for Trey. Uh, to start the third quarter, the Bucks were getting more stops, for forcing turnovers early. But out of a Nate McMillan timeout, the Hawks did respond to the Bucks' previous run. Um, John Collins would draw uh, his second charge on Giannis for Giannis's fourth foul towards the end of the third quarter. Going into the fourth, the Hawks had a 22-point lead, 77-89. to 
Uh, Giannis with 22 points, five rebounds, and five assists, but Trey had 31 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. Uh, with uh, Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo subbing out uh, with two minutes remaining. And um, <laughs> kind of funny, I, I shortened these notes clearly by a significant amount, <laughs> as you can tell, because... Uh, yeah, with a 22-point lead going into the fourth quarter, there are seldom surprises as to uh, who comes out on top, especially when uh, Trey Young scores a season-high 42 points. And that did end a uh, Hawks six-game losing streak, which <laughs> I, I don't think I was aware of that going into this matchup because... Of course, uh, the theme of this show with my time away um, from my normal routine and, and away from a TV. But yeah, you would not guess that this team was facing any adversity, uh, team being the Hawks. Of course, with uh, all that the Bucks were still going through to this point, of course, going in reverse chronological order. Um more to come, but my notes on the next few will be shorter given that this was my time in California. I know I was uh, I was at the climbing gym that my friend Dan uh, works at uh, part-time and watching uh, some, some of these highlights to fill myself in on, um, on uh, you know, Things back in Milwaukee with the Bucks, and I really missed a good one here. It seemed with the Bucks on ESPN going into overtime on a Grayson Allen uh, step back three over Marcus Smart, which is not a line I would have expected to be hearing. But um, the uh, the Celtics did take care of business in overtime. Uh, at the end of this one, Dennis Schroeder had uh, 38 points off the bench, which I can pretty comfortably guess is a season high for Schroeder. Tatum had a usual Tatum evening with uh, 27 points. Uh, Bobby and Grayson had 22 and 21 points, uh, respectively, but there was no Giannis in this game. I forget um, what the reason was for that, but that is certainly worth mentioning. And I know a clip that uh, stuck in my mind from this one was was uh, George Hill hitting an insane slingshot jumper from the corner at the end of at the end of a shot clock. I did I had to take a jumper like that in my most recent men's league game, but I uh, did not have the same. Uh, highlight play outcome <laughs> but yeah Dennis Schroeder is a guy that I'm sure Bucks fans would agree usually would give us a ton of trouble um, like Kemba Walker uh, Derek Rose those are two guys who have been uh, Bucks killers in the past and I'm sure there's a much longer list you can add um a familiar foe from our last segment and Trey Young to that. But if we're being truthful, I would say that uh, that phenomenon is a little less accurate given that we have uh, Drew Holiday now who more often than not takes care of guys. Um, guys like Schroeder, but uh, it's the NBA, so... Most guys have the have the talent to have have a night like Schroeder did here at least once in a blue moon. And Holiday was here, as in present for this game against the Celtics. He actually was the one who uh, tossed it from the corner to to Grayson on the left side of the key when Grayson hit that big shot. But yeah, we're gonna need more returning starters than just Drew Holiday. Um, if we really want to have a chance against 
any team uh, competing for a playoff spot again, like the Boston Celtics. But I would also say that Bucks fans going into this one might have a little bit more hope since, well, the Celtics record-wise, I believe are still um, right with us there while having a much healthier roster and a lot more uh, turmoil as well. We know that uh, Smart called out Tatum and Brown uh, in a press conference um, for not sharing the wealth and uh, just playing a lot of uh, low percentage basketball, that being a lot of isolation, um, early shot clock jumpers, uh, contested off the dribble instead of getting other guys involved. And uh, some analysts that I listen to also would point out that if guys are calling out players, especially a veteran like uh, Marcus Smart, who's been around the league, is, uh, I mean has has a fitting last name for himself. It's probably been something that that he's brought up before, but he probably wouldn't take these measures of calling out guys publicly if it if it wasn't something that was a recurring issue. So Yeah. Of course, it was an overtime game, so to say it was win- winnable um would be an understatement perhaps, but Bucks have a lot of excuses for uh, not not being a top seed as of now, and the Bucks did get really lucky this past year with injuries. They were one of the healthiest teams in the league, and you know that definitely had an effect on them winning a championship. It's not it's not the only reason. They of course have uh, maybe the best player in the league right now, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, but. I say all this just to say that if uh, if we're due for some injuries or some misfortune, it's uh, maybe good that it's happening now. And the Bucks are over 500 again. So again, that's the reason why I'm returning. Not that I... Not that I took a vacation and then I had to prepare for uh, a job interview for a promotion and then I went and then I had to prepare for going out of town again and I missed a whole week of work that I have that I had to make up for. No, that's not the reason why I missed these missed these shows at all. It was because I could not take another second of uh, the Bucks being a 500 or worse team so now they're nine and eight and everyone can hear my beautiful voice again on a brighter note the bucks did uh avenge an earlier loss to the new york knicks with pat Connaughton dropping 23 points and a 112 to uh, 100 victory the bucks made um 26 three-pointers, which is the most ever in uh, the famous Madison Square Garden. So Pat Connaughton, our fearless leader in this one, had a little bit of help. They also had seven threes after being tied at 89, which is tied for the most threes made in in the final uh, three minutes of a contest in over uh, 25 years. And that is that perhaps cherry pick stat is from ESPN Stats and Info. I'm going to repeat that again. The Bucks made seven threes after being tied at 89, which is tied for the most threes in the final three minutes over the last 25 seasons. Pretty crazy stuff, I must say. And uh, again, Pat Connaughton with 23 points. 
nine rebounds and five assists off the bench. A huge uh, box score night for Pat Connaughton. And you can maybe say he outdid uh, the aforementioned uh, Bucks killer, Derek Rose, with uh, 22 points, three rebounds, and seven assists off the bench. Uh, apologies if I if I placed any uh, put any Derrick Rose buzzer beaters uh, back into your back into your head uh, as we you know as we are returning to below 500 uh, bucks discussions, but. The game before their revenge against the Knicks, uh, the Bucks did win against a team that was maybe the only team more hurt than the Bucks at the time, the Philadelphia 76ers, who were who were who were without both Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, of course, uh, Ben Simmons. I remember getting a Bleacher Report update uh, early in this game about Giannis starting out really slow, and that was accompanied by a highlight with uh, Paul Reed getting an impressive chase down block on Giannis Antetokounmpo, but then uh, coming down and two-arm shoving Giannis where um, there was no call, which there should have been. I I mean, on the two-hand push, not the block. It was a clean block, to be fair, but uh, Giannis had a priceless uh, response to to that with just uh just a shrug and and a and a glance at the refs uh seemingly not having a care in the world uh about Paul Reed not going after him specifically but just kind of a look at the refs and maybe to all of us uh watching from home or in the stands just like a hey who the hell is this guy and uh why does he think he can you know, why does he think he can uh, freak out after getting one block on me? And even better response is that the is that Giannis bounced back in this one um, and led the Bucks to a one eighteen to one oh nine victory. Um, see, Semi Ojale had eleven points in 22 minutes off the bench for the Bucks, which might be, uh, <laughs> well, let me temper what I was going to say. Um, I don't want to say that this is maybe Semi-Ogele's uh, first and only exceptional game for the Milwaukee Bucks, but it might be accurate. Of course, I've missed more games than usual. Um, however, from uh, friends that I've spoken that I've been speaking to the past couple weeks. Uh, well, best way to summarize this is that uh, the men's basketball uh, team that I've found many ways to uh, include in this discussion, uh, we've compared a lot of ourselves to semi and that is not in a good way. We've lost by... Um, an amount that I honestly have too much pride to admit uh, on the record on this show. Um, and of course, Semi did miss uh, several of his first uh, three-point attempts as well. Uh, I know Lockdown Bucks did say recently that Semi Ojale had his uh, maybe his first block in in about a year or two which is pretty unbelievable but uh, we all know that steel and block totals don't um, don't directly correlate with good defense in fact uh, I don't know I say that speaks more to the fact that semi is has the proper focus on uh, on uh, his on his positioning uh, defensively, which is better than, uh, you know, trying to be a, Has- a Hassan White side on defense and just going um, for blocks uh, in lieu of uh, being in the best 
in the right place at the right time or of course all the guards uh throughout the years that uh have been on all defensive teams for their steal totals when really they don't always try their best to stay in front of their man which is most important uh, Andre Drummond also had 17 points and 20 rebounds off the bench which uh no dunk so one of my favorite shows uh mentioned that that was Andre Drummond's 86th 20-point rebound game for his career, and they were pretty dumbfounded by that by that total. Uh, truthfully, I didn't know what to make of it because um, I don't know. I guess I'm not that impressed by uh, by rebounding totals. I don't know. Yeah, and of course, Andre Drummond had a ton of hype coming into his career and didn't quite live up to it, unfortunately. Uh, having, I mean, it's quite old, but we've all joked a lot about the Detroit's mediocre history uh, the past decade, but that's old news, and although they're record-wise one of the worst teams in basketball. I think everyone would agree that that they're heading in the right direction and have probably their brightest future since uh, since their uh, 04 title. So yeah, uh, and then Georges Ni- Niang, a former uh, Utah Jazz player, had. 21 points in 24 minutes off of the bench for the Philadelphia 76ers. I know uh, the Sixers have uh, have really been in love with Georges Niang ever since he joined the squad. Um, one of the... Um, to sound bleak, but it's, I mean, honest, one of the few bright... Bright spots for the Sixers, uh, given all the drama that they've been going through for a number of years at this point. But um, all right, why don't we uh, jump into? <laughs> Unfortunately, after after. Uh, Winning two games in a row during the stretch, uh, the Bucks lost two in a row. Um, initially, uh, against the Knicks on uh, the Friday before I left for California, um, which would eventually be uh, redeemed as I covered earlier. Um, but then after that, they lost to the Washington Wizards. Um, who the national media is really losing their mind over right now. I know for uh, a period of time, I'm not sure if it's persistent or not, but the Wizards had um, had the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, which is some another item I didn't think I would be noting on the show, but it's true, and we discussed uh, some of Russell Westbrook's misfortune, but... Uh, in contrast, the Wizards have been excelling with um, their gluttony of talent after um, not being a team that many would call deep for several seasons. Uh, yeah, it just kind of goes back to the notion that I that I think gets old, um, but. I don't know, for uh, the national media who loves using uh, cliches uh, to cover several teams, um, having just having good players on your team in general and a lot of good players uh, ends, up in, uh, ends up with good results. And the Wizards have 
epitomize that and um, you know having guys like KCP Kuzma and Harrell uh, excel with them including including a, a jump from Denny of Dia who's apparently um, a real defensive presence now when he was advertised as uh, more of an offense first guy um, and Daniel Gafford of course who they uh, acquired midway through last season had a I mean, he's been good with the Wizards ever since last season, but now that he's um, presumably will have a full year with the Wizards, he's getting appreciated even more. And against the Bucks, he was able to get anything he wanted, making five out of his six shots for 11 points uh, in 22 minutes. Um, right now, he and Montrez Harrell are splitting center minutes uh, quite evenly. But... Uh, Again, the Wizards have an embarrassment of riches as far as just solid players. They have Thomas Bryant, who's seemingly always out, but when he's back in, they'll have to find minutes for him. On top of Rui Hachimura, who I know has missed a ton of time, but he was he was looking like he could he could maybe be a second option at some point. Um, not to mention Davis Bertans, who's making. Um, close close to twenty million uh, dollars twenty million dollars a year. So, um, the Ringer did suggest that the Wizards could um, make a consolidation trade <laughs> to follow up uh, moving uh, Westbrook, and that could make them even more real. But for now. Um, they beat the Bucks 94 to 101 as Bradley Beal uh, dropped 30. Uh, I know the Ringer also mentioned that Beal hasn't even had um, a season up to his standard, um, but of course he has more help. So uh, maybe it makes a little more sense. Um, the Wizards having the success. They are without Beal having his normal clip than you might expect, but yeah, I'm not going to start uh, buying a ton of wizard stock quite yet. Um, and then, wow. Turns out covering, I don't know, can I do math right now? I believe it's been roughly 10 games since I last uh, recorded one of these shows. Turns out it's pretty tough fitting all of this into one show. Um, so I'm going to go over a few more, but I'm going to uh, try to make it quick and you might actually appreciate that since next on the docket was the Bucks losing to the New York Knicks after having a 20-point lead early. Uh, the Bucks lost uh, 98 to 113. That's a 15-point loss to the Knicks after uh, leading by almost, if not uh, actually, 20 points after the first quarter. So. Nearly a 40-point uh, swing through three quarters it was for the Knicks against the Bucks, which is um, really disheartening, but this was another contest. It was actually Drew's return from injury. He came off the bench, but he had limited minutes, and the only return starter um, that was actually in the starting lineup in this one from last year was... Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, so yeah, I hope that distinction's clear when I'm saying um, the only starter, the only returning starter, I'm just saying back to last season because I'm trying to give the Bucks more credit for not being fully healthy and being where they are because they don't have Dante, who when he last played was a starter and 
I'll, I'll admit Grayson does so far project to be the starter going forward. Um, but Lockdown Bucks did say that we have to we have to note that Dante has maybe never had the opportunity that Grayson already has because the Bucks have never quite been so unhealthy like they are now in Dante's uh, tenure. Um, so I would love a world in which we could keep both of these guys, but we might not have to. And, um, or pardon me, we might not be able to keep both guys. And I will admit Grayson might be the safer bet if, if not, uh, if for nothing else, but, um, just Dante's injury history. So right now I'm just scrolling through my notes here to see to see where the Bucks went wrong. If I can, if there is a play here that really showcases uh, the Bucks' issues here, well, I'd say the Knicks had excellent guard play in. Actually, two returning Knicks guards from last year in uh, Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Quickly, who were who were making a ton of shots, not only off of jumpers like like especially Quickly's known for, but um, Rose and Quickly were each able to finish over the trees uh, at the rim. Um, yeah, and I just noted that it was those two who were who were uh, excellent against the Bucks because the Knicks weren't necessarily known for their guard play last year. Um, it's kind of crazy looking back. Uh, Alfred Payton was their night in night out starter, if mem- if memory serves me right. But um, at this point, I believe he's like a th- like a third string <laughs> point guard for the. Uh, reigning Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns and um, the um, Knicks definitely improved in that regard with getting Kemba Walker for only $8 million I believe after uh, being bought out from the Oklahoma City Thunder so they got a, a bargain basement deal for Kemba Walker added Evan Fournier um on uh on the wing for maybe a little much but Knicks had money to spend and uh they're trying to win right now so even without those additions the Knicks really did uh just outclass us in the second half um I see that the Knicks already had a five-point lead going into the third, and then they outscored us by 10 more points in the fourth. But uh, like I said, I believe it was up to 20 at one point, so could have been worse. But at the end of the day, a loss is a loss, and uh, I mean, games just are, um, just have a lot less takeaways when we're not at uh, full health. And again, that's why I joke about how my absence here has been planned, even though it wasn't, because uh, we just so happened to go from a losing team to a winning team uh, in my short absence. Uh, the Bucks also 28-balled <laughs> the Detroit Pistons. Uh, to contrast their... Uh, their first loss against the Knicks this season, but I already did joke about uh, the Detroit Pistons' success or lack thereof. Um, But, yeah, Giannis nearly had a triple-double as the Bucks won by 28. (laughs) Um, if I'm doing my math right, yeah, 
Yeah, they won by 28, and they were also up by 28 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I have less notes on this one, uh, largely because of my rule that I've noted on here where, you know, once there's a 30-point or more margin of victory, usually I let it go beyond 30 points. Uh, you know, that's the time when I say, you know what, the Bucks or their their opponent have had enough of playing basketball, and Devin, maybe this is this is an opportunity to catch up on things around the house, tidy up a bit. Um, but really, no surprises in this one. Like I said, Giannis had a stellar night with uh, with a near triple double, and definitely got a lot of help from from uh, other guys as. As we we still even with our injuries had had uh, the talent advantage in this one, and going way back to the first game that I wasn't able to cover during the stretch, uh, the Bucks uh, lost to the Jazz, which made which began their initial uh, losing record of. Three to four, and that also marked uh, the first game that Chris had missed due to COVID. It's crazy, Chris. Chris contracted COVID, uh, and endured that, and then returned all in the span uh, that I've been gone here. Um, but luckily, Chris is vaccinated, so I believe I heard that. He was sick for a couple of days and then uh, was getting back to to his normal self. But protocol uh, says that you must uh, you must quarantine for ten days before returning. That's uh, standard throughout most leagues, uh, I believe. But yeah, with Giannis as the sole uh, uh, returning starter from last year, the Bucks lost uh, ninety five to one hundred seven to the Utah Jazz. Um, interestingly enough, the, uh, the broadcast did share that the Bucks, uh, at that point in the season in their seventh game of the year, the Bucks were 28th on wide open in what in wide open three point shooting percentage, as opposed to sixth last year. So, um, another, uh, baked in excuse for, uh, the lack of luck on the uh, Bucks side in their slow start. Uh, to also compare these two teams, the Bucks and Jazz have been the top two defenses uh, in the past two years. I wanna, I wanna say that the Bucks were ahead of them, and I think I'm remembering that correctly. But uh, I have my biases, as as you uh, as you may suspect. Um, Giannis and Hassan Whiteside had an exchange uh, in this game. I I believe uh, Whiteside uh, swatted Giannis, but then Giannis went right back at him after Whiteside was uh, talking some trash per usual. Uh, Giannis uh, lets his actions do the talking on the basketball court, and usually it goes his way. but you can see when he has when he looks a little more uh, tenacious when a guy disrespects him, and he won't back down uh, to anyone else. Um, I believe uh, there is also there is also a moment where Eric uh, Pascal dunked on Giannis in this game too, but to. Perhaps bring it full circle. We've talked about how uh, Giannis uh, has maybe been dunked on a lot of times, but it's really not the worst thing in the world because it shows that he's not afraid to uh, to contest those shots, and that's what makes him a defensive player of the year uh, kind of guy. And uh, that's also how we get... Uh, Four block games against uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, 
One, of course, reminiscent of his block on DeAndre Ayton in the finals. And, uh, of course, Giannis uh, looking like a big brother against uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, too, with uh, several other blocks uh, embarrassing uh, the young squad. So, at that note, we're past an hour here, so... I'm going to wrap it up. I still uh, held back a ton of stories from my vacation there, but maybe I'll get to it later. Maybe I won't, but you know where to find me. That's uh, at NuckIfYouBuckNBA on Twitter and Instagram. U is just the letter U. Everything else is spelled how it sounds. Uh, if you have any questions uh, or concerns, feel free to shoot them to me, but... Uh, with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.